It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I'm excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Joel Kamm. Joel's an internet pioneer, New York Times bestselling author, internationally known speaker, serial entrepreneur, and new media marketing strategist. So we're going to look to the future today with my guest, Joel Kamm. Well, maybe not that far in the future. We're going to talk about five social media trends that will have an impact on sales and marketing in 2016. And surprisingly, it includes something that you wouldn't necessarily consider in terms of social media, but we'll talk about that at the end. So Joel, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. My pleasure. So take a minute to fill out that sort of sketchy interview or sketchy background I gave for you. Yeah, well, I'm a sketchy guy. I've been in this industry for, I'm in my 21st year of um, online business and have done just about everything that's not illegal, immoral, or fattening. Uh, maybe I should start selling cake or something that I could say I got into fattening. Well, hey, I, I, I know someone that sells 60,000 cakes a year online. Wow, that's quite a business. Uh, you know, everything from building and selling sites to blogging, podcasting, video creation, uh, social media, affiliate marketing, internet marketing, app creation, software development, coaching, consulting, and, and a whole lot of uh, authoring books and public speaking uh, keynotes and, and the like. So I get to play in a lot of different sandboxes, and that's what keeps it interesting and fresh for me. Yeah. So what did you pioneer on the internet? Well, I built a site back in 1995. So that year, there was only 18,000 sites on the whole, in the whole world hmm. web. So mm -hmm. I got started there. I had one of the first licensing deals um, on the web in 1996. And I built uh, and owned one of the first multiplayer game sites, which was sold to Yahoo in 1998 and became the foundation for Yahoo Games. Uh, iPhone applications had one of the first thousand apps in the uh, the iTunes App Store. And what did it do? Uh, it was called iVote, and uh, it's basically it was an opinion poll type of app. But we really uh, had a, had a big hit in December of two thousand eight when my novelty application iFart hit uh, number one in the world for a number of weeks and made a little bit of a stink, as uh, we like to say. And was that free? Uh, there was a paid version that we sold quite a few copies of. And, and so what did you get with what you get with the paid version that you didn't get with the free version? Uh, it was fully functional, so we had some fun features in it, like the security fart that if somebody picked up your phone when you were away, it would set off a fart sound. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have a free version that is fully functional with a fart store, so people can buy additional <laughs> packs uh, for even more fun. Oh, I'll have to check that out. So that's rough. Let me write that down. So uh, we're going to talk about five social media trends that will have an impact on sales and marketing in 2016. It was based off a blog that you'd written, which I thought was a great blog post. So the first trend, which I thought was really interesting, was live streaming goes mainstream. So let's talk about that. So why why is this going mainstream? So where's the where's the engagement point for sales and marketing with live streaming? 
Well, you know, we finally reached the point in uh, in our culture that um, we want what we want when we want it. We've become very on demand, and that's why people are canceling cable and uh, are going to you know Netflix and mm-hmm. DVR and Amazon. It, now with live video, we've reached this uh, this intersection, this perfect storm, if you will, of um, mobile devices. Uh, in the hands of most people, we have applications that are easy to use. They're very accessible. Uh, you know, apps like Periscope and, and Facebook Live that anybody can really use these. And we have the bandwidth to support live video. So, you know, in this realm of people wanting what they want when they want it, uh, many are choosing to view content that is broadcast by regular people just like you and me. Yes, they enjoy the celebrities as well. But we're finding, uh, especially I do a I do show on a site called Blab.im yeah. every Tuesday night, and people are electing to come in and watch me do uh, you know late night talk radio, basically is what it is, but with a video component instead of watching Netflix. Uh, it's just it's an amazing thing, and so for those that have a message something they want to share. And of course, everybody has a message, right? Uh, Whether it's something they want to teach people or they want to inspire them or they want to entertain them or they want to demonstrate something, live video provides a component that's, um, that's been missing and now is available to everybody. Yeah, and you mentioned Blab.im. I, I love Blab. I've been on several. For people that are listening that you know, aren't familiar with it, they should go to the website, Blab.im, and look at it. It's a great way as Joel said to live stream a multi-party conversation. Yeah, and if you're people like who are giving webinars on a monthly basis for your business, you know they're PowerPoint based and so on. Think about getting rid of those and substituting a discussion on Blab. You know, people don't want to look at slides; they'd much rather look at people and hear you know an honest, authentic discussion between people, multiple people, than just one person presenting. They would. And, and to me, uh, Blab represents the most social form of social media that we have. You know, it's one thing to be able to post in, uh, in words, to tweet or to put a Facebook post using words. It's another to be able to add pictures to it because now we've just added a thousand words with a picture, right? It's another to be able to post a video that's recorded. But there's something about the element of being able to be as face-to-face as possible without being in the same room that Blab opens that door for us. And uh, people love it. You know, now it's not just words. It's not just pictures. It's not just recorded video, but it's eye-to-eye, human-to-human, real conversation and engagement. Yeah, and if you think about it in terms of a context of a webinar, again, if you ever you know, run your own webinars and you see how the attendance starts falling off over the course of 40 minutes because people are bored to tears of what you're talking about, it doesn't, in my experience, it doesn't happen with a blab. You know, no, people, the engagement very... is people stay through the end, they contribute, uh, you get to see how they're interacting during it. It's, it's simple to use. So, again, if you're doing anything like a webinar, Consider the alternative of this live stream with Blab. Plus, you can record it, turn it into a YouTube video inst- you know, really quickly, and share the file with other people. Yeah. So, what I guess one of the questions when you start talking about live streaming is what are a couple of questions. So, so, what are some of the technologies people should be thinking about? Because, you know, we obviously haven't talked about mobile really with Periscope. Um, and then the second question we'll follow up with that is isn't there now sort of a danger of people being spread, you know, sort of a mile wide and an inch deep when it comes to social. 
you know, is this uh, perhaps, you know, contribute to that problem or maybe we talk about how we help them prioritize what they what they look at in terms of their channels? Yeah. So let, let's address the first part here. There's uh, in the live video realm, there's actually two different ways that we go about it. The, uh, the first way is using apps like Periscope or Facebook Live or uh, the, the still present Meerkat. And then there's some other new apps that are coming on the scene as well. And these are one to many applications where it's you on your device broadcasting to whoever's out there watching on their devices or on the web. Uh, it's not face-to-face. It's your face to them and the way that others engage and interact with you is by typing in comments. So you're the one carrying the entire broadcast, the whole conversation. If you're quiet, then there's nothing happening. It's just people looking at you being quiet. Um, then we've got uh, sites like Blab or like Google Hangouts that are conversational, where you don't have to carry the whole conversation. You've got other people there on the platform talking with you. So they lend themselves to, um, there's different strengths. And so people have to decide what is it that they're wanting to do. Am I just wanting to communicate the information um, that you know is on my mind with an audience, or am I wanting to have a conversation and, and allow others to engage and share their thoughts and opinion as well? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as far as um, you know, the overload, which is kind of what I heard you referring to, and knowing what to use. There's so many platforms that it really becomes a matter of personal preference. And I take a, a unique approach to it. Most people talk about what's the ROI of whatever it is they're doing, of social media, of live video, whatever. I tend to uh, look at it as ROE. What's my return on experience? That is to say, if I am engaged, if I'm curious, if what I'm doing is fun for me, then I know that that's going to project itself out there for others and they're going to be drawn to that. You know, people don't want to watch somebody who's bored with what they're doing. They want to watch somebody who's fully engaged and into whatever it is they're putting out there. Mm -hmm. So if I'm having fun on a platform that I'm going to keep playing with it. And then I watch to see, okay, if I'm, if I'm enjoying this, are others enjoying me enjoying it, right? Is there engagement? Uh, if I'm having fun, but nobody's engaging, then I'm going to stop having fun with it. But if I'm enjoying using the platform and people are engaging, then I know I'm on to something that I can build upon. So being a uh, strong proponent of live video, I actually do all the different forms. I'm, I'm into Facebook Live and Periscope. I also do Blabs regularly. And, uh, and I also use pseudo live apps like uh, Snapchat that isn't actually live but has this live feel to it. Right. Right. And uh, I, I love all of it. For me, it's like I'm a kid in the candy store and I get to play with all these new toys and, and help to lead the way in uh, being a trendsetter and what's hot and what matters. Right. And so my question is really not about um, congestion from a video standpoint, but more about, okay, you're a small company, small mid-sized enterprise, maybe not the most sophisticated when it comes to your social media planning and strategy, and suddenly you want to have a Twitter strategy and a Facebook strategy and a LinkedIn strategy and a streaming video strategy. And it's like, isn't that the danger? I was talking about being spread too thin is, is how should they decide where to prioritize their efforts? Yeah, well, it's the exact same uh, philosophy. It's not just relegated to live video. It's for me, uh, my time, I have 24 hours in the day. And as does everybody else, to my knowledge, unless yes, somebody's yeah. you know, locked think... into a secret. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
and I, I will engage where it's interesting to me and based on uh, how people then respond and, and engage back with me, I kind of find my home. So, you know, for me, I'm on Facebook. That's my primary source of engagement. That's where I'm most connected to family, friends, business associates, and my public that wants to watch what I'm doing. And then I, I love the live video, the apps we discussed. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I have too many people on Twitter following, engaging for me to give full attention to it, but because of the size of the audience, I know I can put content out there that's valuable, but you'll rarely find me on Google+. You'll rarely find me on LinkedIn. Um, there's, you know, you'll. I don't post a lot of videos on YouTube except for the replays of things I do on other platforms. But for somebody else, they might be all about YouTube. They might be all about LinkedIn. So it's it's very personal. As long as you understand, there's no way you can do it all. So you have to select the platforms that resonate with you. Where what are you curious about? Where are you having the most fun? because that's what's going to trigger you being good at it mm -hmm. and where are you getting the greatest engagement. Yeah, no, I like that return on experience metric. That's a great one. So before we finish up live streaming then from a sales perspective is you know ways to use live streaming. Obviously there's you know, customer interviews, you got product demonstrations, mm -hmm. creating special offers of the day, anything else that sort of rises to your attention. Well, it's all about value, whatever it is. It's always value first and recognize that social media, including live video, is a, a microcosm of the real world. It is real world. We're just using different technologies to communicate what we would if we were standing in a room with people. So recognize that it's all about relationship first and selling is a byproduct of having built a, a relationship exactly. successfully. So, you know, one of the mistakes people make is they get on live video or any form of social media and they immediately talk, start talking about the stuff they want you to buy. And that's the surest way to uh, get people stop watching you or stop following you. Yeah. I mean, it's all about what I call the no like trust equation. Exactly. You got to build that no like trust through your social media. Okay, great. So that was uh, live streaming. Before we move on to the next one, we're just going to take a short break and we come right back. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Okay, welcome back with my guest, Joel Kahn. We're talking about five social media trends that changed things up in 2016. Next one you talked about was really interesting, on-platform content opens up. And I think this is really interesting because it sort of raises the question about what the value of your website is. So, I mean, for a lot of small mid-sized enterprises, you know, that's it, right? That's their platform. And you're talking about something that really maybe changes the balance there for them. Well, it does because we're seeing uh, other sites being very powerful platforms to publish your content, whether it's on a site like Medium. 
uh, or LinkedIn publisher or uh, now Facebook, you know, having the instant articles uh, become something that they're rolling out here early in the year. There's opportunity uh, to publish your content that can drive people, you know, to whatever page you want them to go to. It's a, it exposes you to a much larger audience. Now, with that said, I'm still a huge fan of having your own blog. I think it's essential that you have your own site that you uh, you you have full ownership of because uh, you know terms of service on Facebook or Medium or Twitter or any of these other platforms that we build upon can change and we could be left in the lurch. Um, you know, not even be able to access our customers and followers to the degree that we previously could. Uh, but there is a lot of opportunity. You know, when Facebook has a, a billion people a day on their platform if you have an opportunity to get your content in front of a segment you know in front of your target market there that's a great way to leverage eyeballs so we're going to see more of that here this year okay i mean i i'm perfect example of that i've actually i sort of dual publish and you know, i publish content on my website but i mean a lot of my stuff really i've migrated to linkedin and mm -hmm. and in terms of the level of engagement the number of followers it's it's grown exponentially yeah, I'm, and I, I'm having a lot of fun with Medium. Um, sometimes I'll post an article on Medium uh, that I've already posted on my blog, and I'll watch it get thousands of views there as well, which mm -hmm. will then drive more traffic because you can put links wherever you want. So it'll drive more traffic back to my site. And, you know, leveraging the power of other platforms as a smart thing. Yeah, and I think that's really the message for people listening to Joel on this is, is think about it. It's, you know, your audience people are coming to your website every day are just a tiny, tiny fraction of those coming to Facebook and LinkedIn leverage the power of them attracting people and eyeballs to come see what you're doing. Yes. All right. So the third one you talked about was one that I'm really curious about and I'm starting to dip a toe in a little bit is the smarter use of Snapchat. Now mm -hmm. everybody that's familiar with Snapchat thinks about adolescents using it, but it's really becoming a business tool. And not just, to, I mean, not just in B2C, though, most of the examples you see these days are in business to consumer, but business to business as well. Yeah, you know, and, and honestly, uh, Snapchat's something that I've gotten into about, oh, three months or so ago. Maybe I'm in my fourth month now. And, and I'm seeing it as a fantastic storytelling tool. Um, and because I see so many big brands on there, I know this is something I need to pay attention to. You know, for a couple of years, it was really, it was kids and uh, people that were, let's just say, a little off color. Uh, but the adults are arriving now. And, uh, and you could tell because when you're in Snapchat, you see big brands like People and Entertainment Weekly and McDonald's and Heineken and Netflix and American Airlines are using it. So they know something. They know something about the audience that's watching and consuming this content. And I can tell you that I'm seeing um, engagement on my Snapchat stories that is higher than any other social platform right now well, based on I'm sorry go ahead well based on the number of people that are following me I can actually see how many are watching my snaps and uh, the numbers are really phenomenal so let's let's break it down for people again that that are you know really not familiar with it other than hearing the name and knowing it's something that that uh, <laughs> parents around the world were concerned about their kids using is Tell people what it does, how it, how it operates, and yeah, talk about this use of as a storytelling device to engage with with prospects and buyers. 
Sure. You know, and I'm, I'm constantly, because I'm still relatively new at it, I'm constantly developing the what is this, right? So you're actually helping me flesh out the definition. Uh, Snapchat is a, a social app that allows you to either take pictures, which you can broadcast for up to 10 seconds, or video of up to 10 seconds that you can either, sh- either share publicly uh, as part of what they call a story or privately to individuals that uh, you're following or you're following each other. And with the, the visual tools come things like emojis that you can put on as stickers, uh, pen tools so you can draw and write in different colors, text tools that allow you to type in text which can be sized and rotated and colored. And you kind of string together your snaps the more creative people are doing it to tell an actual story of some kind. Maybe they're going somewhere and they want to show somebody something. Maybe they're at home and they, they're uh, cooking something and they want to show, here's how I'm building this recipe. Maybe they're just showing the in-between moments of their lives. There's no limit to what you can use Snapchat for, uh, but what it really does is it says you have these tools and it challenges you to be creative. So when you go on and you watch what some of the brands are doing, uh, you'll see that it's uh, they've got really creative teams that are working with it. And it, the user interface is not the friendliest thing in the world, but you know you take a little time to work through it, and and uh, once you've got the hang of it, you'll start discovering this creativity that you have within that has a a place to go that you didn't realize there was a format. The interesting thing about it is that your content disappears 24 hours after you've created it. So it's more like, uh, you know, when you're watching TV and a commercial comes on, there's this 30 second commercial and it could be brilliantly done and you've watched it and now it's gone. Snapchat's kind of like that. So you can string together, though, multiple snaps to make it look like you have a longer video than 10 seconds, though, right? Absolutely. And I I do that regularly. Every day I come up with a different concept or idea for a story. Now, if I wanted to, I could just snap, you know, a picture of myself and then two hours later go outside, take a picture or shoot a quick video. It doesn't have to make sense as a story because uh, our day and what we do throughout our day and whatever we want to capture kind of tells a story. But when you understand the concept that, oh, I can actually uh, deliberately take snaps that sequentially unfold uh, this, uh, this story for my viewers, then it opens up all kinds of opportunity. So compare the value of this to a you know conventional YouTube video or or something of the same same ilk. Well, you know, YouTube videos live forever, right? You create them and they're there. They're uh, you can watch them again and again. People can like and comment on them. They can share them. Snapchat is a more intimate. It's more like broadcast television than anything else. You know, where you turn on your TV and you watch the program, consume it, and then you move on with your life. So, so I think if that was the analogy I would come up with. Yeah, so is there something about the fact that it's it's got this limited lifespan that stimulates curiosity for people to want to capture it before it goes? I think Especially so. if they're following you? <clears throat> yes, because the content I'm creating today will disappear tomorrow. And if you want to see what I'm doing and what I'm up to and you don't want to miss it, you need to open your app and go follow and, and watch my snaps. 
And I've had people tell me, I heard you just, you know, snapped about how to do whatever the tutorial was. I'm like, yeah, that was a couple days ago. That's, that's gone. Now, one <laughs> of the things that Snapchat allows you to do is to save your story. So the last thing I do before I go to bed every night is I save my entire day story. I have those in video format. So should I choose to put them online, uh, you know, either on Facebook or on YouTube, I could. I'm just, I'm only doing that once or twice a month to show people, here's what I'm doing on Snapchat. Here's what you're missing if you're not following me. But I really want people to follow me on Snapchat. So I don't want to make all that content available anywhere else. So where do you think this fits in a content marketing strategy for a, a business? Uh, anytime you have an audience, anytime you can have people watching you and engaging with you, you have an opportunity to share the value that you bring. You have an opportunity to persuade people. You have an opportunity to drive traffic. And uh, while I could try to define it, the best way for people to get it would be to download Snapchat and go look at what some people, and especially brands, are doing. If you're business-minded on this, then uh, you know when you go into the app, in fact, I'm opening it right now, and I'm just going to read you a few of the, the brands that are positioned here, National Geographic. Uh, BuzzFeed, Cosmopolitan, MTV, Wall Street Journal, ESPN, Mashable, CNN, Comedy Central, Food Network. Go see what some of the, the higher level um, sponsors are doing and I think that will spark your imagination. Then start watching individuals. Come watch what I'm doing and uh, you'll, you'll start to uh, get it. For me, it's an evolution, Andy. I, uh, when I first got on it, I didn't get it at all. In fact, I was resistant. And for the first few weeks, it was just little snaps of, I'm thinking this, I'm doing this. But now as I'm beginning to understand the platform, I'm using it more intentionally so that when people watch my snaps, I know that they're going to get some kind of value. It's either going to teach them something, it's going to inspire them, it's going to make them laugh and entertain them, uh, it's going to show them something, or some combination of all of the above. But it's it's far more intentional, and, and every day for me is more thematic in terms of my approach to it. Well, I think it's really a key lesson for marketers and salespeople that are listening to this. And start with marketers, obviously. Brand development, telling stories, engaging prospects at some point in the funnel, giving value to them. Then just finish off on this part of the conversation with, with for sales reps, you know, something a little more spontaneous. How would you imagine they use this with their prospects, for instance? Well, if they've got the, if you can tell, you know, prospects to follow, you can say, I'm going to give um, some special tips about our product, right? I'm going to show you something unique that uh, we just discovered, the special use case perhaps, right? We're going to show you behind the scenes. Uh, you're going to see exclusive content that you don't get anywhere else. And what that does is people then feel like they're in the know. They're more connected. They're seeing a part of you and your company and your brand that nobody else gets. And it's, a, it's a, like almost like a scarcity type mindset. Well, it's so, a, a personalization technique that's really effective. I mean, it, it, engages, it engages them emotionally, not just you know, in a traditional way. And I try to do that across all socials so that, you know, using live video platforms correctly, you're not going to post on live, you're not going to do the same thing on Facebook that you're doing on your live videos. So I don't do the same thing on Snapchat that I'm going to do on Twitter. It's going to be a different approach. So if you enjoy my content on Twitter, 
try follow me on Snapchat because it's going to be different. It's going to be a different delivery. It's going to be different content, but it's still for me. If you like that, try watching my posts on Facebook and you start to see all these different puzzle pieces of how a, an individual or a brand can use the different platforms and not be repetitive where we're just blanketing all of them with the same content, but bringing some unique value. Exactly. And I think that's really a key message today, especially in Sales for people who are listening to this. You know, if you're a sales development rep and your job is to sit in a call center and make 50 outreaches a day, cold outreaches a day, um, and you've got this cadence you've set up that you're going to start with a email, then follow a phone call, and so on. This really could be a great social touch to integrate into that that differentiates you from the blast of sort of undifferentiated emails that your potential buyers are getting every day. That's correct. Yes. All right. So next thing, the, the fourth trend you talk about, which sort of aligned with a couple that we've talked about already is video beats static content. Yeah, we love video. We love to uh, reading it as one thing, seeing it as another, but hearing it, seeing it in a video format uh, trumps everything. It's why we've, you know, TV became the, the big thing after uh, after radio. And now we want on demand. Uh, and we just heard from Facebook the other day that they're going to begin prioritizing their live videos on the news feeds. So they're reworking the algorithm and they're saying, we know how important video is. We're going to put more of it in front of you. And so, you know, it's, so it's Facebook kind of live is going to get top priority on the news. Feed. Uh, yeah, that's what we think is going to happen. You know, certainly they've given recorded videos a priority because they know that video content is engaging and pulls people in. So live video all the more, because now I can see this person talking right now from wherever they are, and I could actually type in the comments and uh, engage with them. And that's powerful. Pulls people in even tighter. So why does it seem that, at least in my experience with a lot of companies and their B2B content marketing, it still, still tends to be pretty static. Even companies that are doing really pretty well with content marketing, it's still ebook driven, white paper driven, and so on. You know, what, what's the reluctance to engage with the video? Uh, you know, I think there's a couple things. One is fear because it's live and in the moment and unedited, anything could happen, right? And so you've got companies that are a little afraid of oh, what might happen, what might people say, what how might what the comments that come in, what are they, uh, what are the unpredictable things that could uh, take place, and then there's the, the not knowing what to do with it. What do we broadcast? What are we trying to accomplish? And uh, we're, we'll see more of it. And of course, there's going to be companies that do it well, that lead the way, just like, you know, we saw Zappos do with Twitter, you know, years ago um, by letting their employees gauge on behalf of Zappos. And we've seen so many companies do that since. There's always going to be those that are on the front lines that are going to demonstrate and, uh, and lead the way for the rest. So what should companies be looking at in terms of how to integrate video into their into their sales efforts, for instance. Well, again, this provides an opportunity to reach your prospects and your customers directly in a way that you couldn't before. It's one thing to write a blog entry. It's another to make a post. It's another to put a recorded video. But to be able to go on live and answer questions from customers or demonstrate a product or walk around the office and meet the staff or show you know the machinery that you're using or be out in the field with a rep, uh, there's just there's it's only limited by your imagination and creativity, but you can bring people into the moment. And it's what I call the real reality TV. 
because we all know reality TV is is authentic, scripted, right? right. <laughs> yeah, totally <laughs> scripted. And uh, sure, you can do that with live video via you know Facebook and Periscope as well. But it gives people an opportunity to see what's really happening, and we connect with those real elements when we see a company not behaving like a corporation, but by individuals who are passionate about what they're doing and really care, we connect with them as, as human beings, as prospects and then as customers far faster than uh, if it, it's this impersonal type of removed scenario. Well, I think you really hit on something there for people to think about is, is lots of companies say, okay, well, let's go make yeah, 10 YouTube videos or 10 videos of YouTube quality, we'll say, you know, staged, scripted videos because they, you know, they like having it all perfect, right? They want to be able to read the words and not have any mistakes. And right. as you said, it, it, it sort of depersonalizes. And I think what we're seeing is not that that era is completely gone, but it's, it's changing pretty rapidly as people want the authentic and the authentic is a differentiator. The passion, you, as you talk about, comes through. That's a differentiator. Yes, absolutely, Andy. All right. So the last one we'll talk about here is the one that I thought was interesting to include in context of social media is virtual reality. So mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you perceive that as a social media? Well, recognize that Mark Zuckerberg said, let's buy the Oculus sure. Rift. <laughs> in and, fact, they're owned by Facebook, right? But Right. $2 billion is what they paid, which at the time people were like, wow, but now that's seeing like a, it's going to be a great payoff um, because virtual reality is going to find its way to integrate with the social experience. Again, so if I, I just said that, uh, you know, here in this talk that Blab, uh, was the most social social network, right? Because we could see people face to face. In a virtual reality world on Facebook, you'll be able to go to a conference and have your, your goggles on and see your friends standing there. In, this, in the same room and be able to have a conversation with them face to face as though they are standing right before you. Live will create this element of not only am I watching this happen live, but I feel like I'm there because of VR. Uh, now, I haven't uh, had to really had the opportunity to play with it much. I did get in on the Oculus Rift pre-order, and I've got one of the units that's shipping in April. So I'm really excited to try it out myself. Uh, but, you know, one of the things I wrote about in the article is how uh, Paul McCartney brought a VR firm in for one of his concerts. And you can go look this up. Just look up Paul McCartney virtual reality concert. And uh, you will be, in fact, there's an app on the iPhone you can download that'll show you one of the songs, a video. And it's like you're standing on stage next to Sir Paul while he's playing. And, and you can look at him or you can look at the audience or you can look at the guitar player or you can look up at the rafters. Uh, it's amazing. It's incredibly immersive, and it will be tied into social. It will change everything. So, how do you think it will change? Let's let's just take Facebook itself, right? I mean, for what do you think it'll change the Facebook experience? Well, again, uh, you know, for watching a live video, if I'm broadcasting mm -hmm. live and you have your headset on, um, you'll be able to see me speak to you as though I'm standing right there in front of you, and everybody will experience that. It's not just the, uh, you know, it, there's not room for one. There's room for as many as are watching. And so I just, uh, and the, the conference type atmosphere that you can have when you've got all these people in the room and you could, using your controller, using your mouse and keyboard or whatever, walk through the room as though you were actually there 
and run into you know friends and business associates and make deals. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you look at it from a sales standpoint, I mean, you could actually be with your customer. Right. You're doing business face to face. You just the only thing you can't do is shake hands or smell each other's breath after you know tacos or whatever. But right. uh, that's not a bad thing to miss out on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I think people need to start. Yes, that's early days, but start start thinking about that. That's the reason that I like bringing it up at the end with the, with the context of your article is that it is coming. And if what we're saying is, gosh, we're sort of going through this era now in in the sales world where it's suddenly become pretty impersonal and the way that a lot of the sales models have involved. And you know, it's you know a lot of heavy sort of outbound blasting of I said email and phone and so on. Is gosh, now this thing is going to be coming down the line here before too long that enables you to really personalize that in a way that just doesn't exist. And if you can't take advantage of that, if you're not prepared from a, a, a skills and ability to provide value and insight to your prospects, then it's not going to benefit you as much. But you still need to have those fundamental skills, but it's going to be another tool that will be very transformative. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of future shock that's going to take place for people that uh, that don't track with this and understand the changes in the world that are happening around them. Very interesting. Well, good. Well, Joel, thank you for joining me. It's been great. It's my pleasure. I love talking about this stuff. So how can people find out more about you? Uh, Joelcom.com. And yes, com is my real last name. It's spelled C-O-M-M. I am at Joelcom on all the social networks. And if I would encourage uh, you to follow me on Periscope or Facebook, especially Snapchat, if you're curious about what I shared today and see how I'm using this platform. Yeah, I'm definitely going <laughs> to... I wrote the note down while we were talking. I'm definitely going to follow you as soon as we get off on Snapchat. So... Well, good. Well, thanks for joining me. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day, like you just did today, to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. Great way to do that is listen to this podcast. You won't miss any of my conversations done with great business experts like my guest today, Joel Kahn. We shared his expertise about the future of what's coming with down the line social media that will impact your business. So thanks for joining us. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.